0: Chancel Choir. If you're new to our church please pick up a welcome folder that's at the connection site or the welcome and information desk.
1: We'd like to know you are here so everyone please put your name on the friendship card you'll find in the bulletin. If you would like to receive the church newsletter or need an update of any information please be sure to fill out the your address, email and phone number.
2: On the back you can write prayer concerns blessings or notes to the staff please enjoy our service and have a blessed day
1: good morning morning. this is the day that the lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it this is the
3: day this is the day that the lord has made that the lord has made let us rejoice, let us rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord
1: has made we pray together. Dear God in heaven, pour your spirit into this place. Touch us and help us to feel and experience your presence here. Help us to worship you. For it's in Jesus' name we have gathered. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if you're able, to stand as we're going to sing together, Jesus, united by thy grace.
3: I'd be with you. Please
1: be seated. This morning, we're going to take as our special mission moment an offering for UMCOR, which is what will help with that Bahamas hurricane we recently had.
2: Mandatory evacuation for zone. It's Tropical
1: a. Cyclone Deneo and it's expected to become. This is by far worse than any of seen. Absolutely
3: a huge
2: fire.
1: AMCOR, the United Methodist Committee on Relief, is the disaster and the development uh, arm of the whole United Methodist Church. When you give to AMCOR, you give 100% to the project you are supporting and to the disaster you want to respond to.
0: Uh, We work alongside the conferences as they set up projects and programs to try to see families and individuals through to their recovery, which sometimes takes months and most often years.
1: Amcor has been for more than 75 years in this business of being hope, of being there for people in need in the moment of disaster when they have lost everything. And through Amcor, the United Methodist People are hope in these situations.
0: You know, walls are coming down. Um, people are, are coming together and they don't have power yet, but they're still finding ways to feed each other. And that feeds the soul, not just the body.
1: As people are helping their neighbor and helping each other in their community, they begin to see that the love of God has not left them. It's right there.
0: Amen. and you know I just I want to emphasize and you know can't say strongly enough I think UMCOR is the only relief organization in the world that if you give to it a hundred percent of what you give designated for a specific thing goes there no administrative costs taken off no other costs taken off at all that is taken care of by the church through other funding so when you give to UMCOR a hundred percent of what you give goes there when you make out your check for Umcore, and you will find um, a, a um, an envelope in your bulletin. Please make the check out to the church, PCUMC or Pendleton Center United Methodist, and on the memo line, write that it's designated for Umcore don't make the checkout to umcor okay we'll have to get it back to you and flip it around and stuff all right um and so please you know support that effort it's a wonderful effort um before you even give this morning those folks are already down there they are already um, mobilized and working where they need to be working so it's it's a tremendous outreach effort um the clipboard that's going around this morning is for our prayer vigil please take note of the places where there isn't anyone signed up yet uh the folks of our prayer vigil is on the ministries of pendleton center united methodist church how we minister to one another how we reach out to our communities and the wider world all kinds of ministries at the beginning of the season we want to make sure that we're praying for everything that's going on um if you have you might see in um in the the pocket in the seat in front of you a card like this might be this lovely bright orange might be white if you've got a um, prayer request card, a prayer request please write it down and drop it in the offering plate Um, or if you think of your prayer request later on during the service you can leave it in one of the wooden lock boxes that we have around the church and we'll make sure we get it in time to lift those requests up at our prayer vigil all right if you are praying from home this prayer guide is available for you they're out at the welcome desk they're out at the table um out in the uh, sanctuary overflow you're welcome to pick one up and use it as a guide for your prayer time there's all kinds of good information and helpful stuff for you in there are you all joyful this morning amen happy last day of summer if you know me, you know I am going to be milking that and enjoying that for all it's worth because, uh, because fall will be coming in tomorrow. Um, and, and I am always blessed by a beautiful, warm summer day. What are you blessed by this morning? Yes, Judy. Judy. praise God amen amen and we are believing that God hears and answers prayer amen other joys to share this morning I know you've got some in your heart well God has blessed us abundantly and we want to return back some of that blessing to the lord not because we have to but because we love god and we love the work that god does in our midst so let's return some of that joy in our gifts ties and offerings we do give you thanks and praise for this day for the opportunity to gather and worship you in spirit and in truth to give and offer to you all of the gifts that you have blessed us with so abundantly we ask lord god that with these financial offerings and also the offerings of the spiritual gifts that you would have given us we pray that you would bless them all use them for the furtherance of your kingdom. Give us the wisdom we need to know how to administer them well that many would come to salvation in Jesus Christ and the world would be blessed because of you. We pray especially for the offering that has been made for UMCOR, Lord God, for the work that that organization continues to do on behalf of the needs of people who have been devastated in their lives. We just pray in Jesus' name that they would be blessed to be the blessing you call them to be in all the places in the world you have called them to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. All right, with these concerns and those that are on your heart that we haven't spoken out loud, knowing that God hears and answers our prayer and knows what we need before we even ask, join me in prayer, either from your seats or at the rail. gracious God of all creation. You pour out blessings so abundant that we cannot even contain them. And you call us in the midst of trouble to join together with you as we seek to see other, others blessed by healing miracles, by Healing of relationships by healing of physical bodies, healing in people's spirits, their souls, and their bodies. Healing of relationships that are on a personal level and those that go beyond within our communities, within the wider world, among nations, Lord God. You desire for peace that passes all understanding. You desire for unity in the Holy Spirit, That is beyond anything that we can understand or even begin to create on our own. We need your grace, Lord. We need your mercy. We need your help to accomplish all these things that you desire. As you are healing your whole world and everything that's in it. Everyone that's in it. We lift up, Lord God, all of those who are in need of healing. Touch them from the tops of their heads to the soles of their feet, in their spirits, their souls, and their bodies, and make them whole. Give wisdom to their doctors and nurses, their caregivers. Compassion to those who are looking after them. Patience as they await their time of recovery. In whatever form that may take according to your perfect will we pray for those who are grieving losses we pray for those who are facing an impending immediate loss Lord that is going to come we pray for peace for each and every one we pray for your comfort As your spirit draws near, help each and every one to have eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts and minds to understand and receive the blessings that you are pouring out into their lives, even now, even in the midst of their troubles. We pray for all of the folks, Lord God, who are recovering from disasters those that have come from natural causes, Lord, and also from man-made disasters, man-made violence. We pray for your salvation and healing power to be poured out into all of the lives of the people affected. We pray for salvation and for repentance on the part of those who cause such harm. And we pray, Lord God, that wherever it is that you need to touch each one of us this day, you would reach us. Open our hearts, Lord God. Give us in ourselves a willingness to be willing to hear from you those things that we need to change so that we might become more like Jesus than we have ever been before so that we might be a brighter, shinier witness for your love and your mercy, so that we might be the salt of the earth speaking forth your truth in love. We pray, Lord God, that with every song we sing, every prayer we pray, every scripture verse we hear, and the message as it's interpreted through the sacrament of Holy Communion, Lord God, all of these ways, that we are able to reach you and touch you that you are reaching out to us to touch us that we would connect and we would be different so that we can affect your world as you would have us do so be with Pastor Tom as he delivers the message you have given him for us this day let it touch our hearts and our minds and our spirits in the way you have intended for each of us as individuals and for this church as a part of your body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
2: Today's reading is from Romans chapter 14, verses one through 10. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters and who abstains, does it to the Lord, and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he may be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will stand before God's judgment seat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you, Judy. Last night, I really wasn't paying close attention to what I was wearing. I had on a nice shirt but I also happened to be wearing a pair of jeans. And I came over to church to lead worship, and you can't imagine the comments I got about the fact that I was wearing jeans. People even saying things like, I didn't even know you own jeans. <laughs> I do own jeans. But this is what people looked like when I went to church when I was young. Notice all the women had hats. It wasn't even Easter. All the men had suits. And wait for the little girls to show up. Now imagine them in jeans. It just wouldn't have been the same. This is the world I came up in. This is why I wear a jacket and tie to church every week. Other people say, well Do we have to wear it? No, you don't have to wear what you feel comfortable with. But this is how I feel comfortable going to church. It's interesting how we make these customs and these rules as if they are something sacred that was written about in the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says to us, I have the right to do anything. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. But not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Because of the grace of God, whatever we might do, even if it were wrong, God can forgive it. Anything can be done. But not everything is helpful. In Paul's time, they argued about eating meat. Eating meat. We have a fellow in the Old Testament who was like that. He, he was going uh, through a process where they were preparing him to serve in the Persian court. He and a few other selected young men. He happened to be Hebrew. And they wanted to feed him meat because that would make him good and healthy. And he said, no, I will only eat vegetables. Anybody have any idea who this was? Daniel. Very good. You know, you guys have been good at guessing these. Daniel. Carrots. What's up, Doc? I don't know if they had carrots back then, back there. Why vegetables? Why this obsession about what to eat? Is it wrong to be a carnivore? You have to ask your doctor whether it's wrong for you. But the reason why Daniel had a problem and the same reason why these people had a problem didn't have anything to do with health. In verse 2 it says, One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. Let me explain to you. In the ancient day, A lot of meat was offered in temples. You see, they didn't bring money for the offering. They didn't bring coins. They brought animals. I want you to just picture the offering in that day. A a chicken here, a cow there, a sheep over there, kind of a messy situation if you think about it. But what they would do is they would bring these animals to the temple. Not just the Jewish temple, but all the temples. They make a sacrifice to their God. And then what they would do is they would basically take a lot of the animals and they'd have a giant barbecue. They'd roast them all, and everybody got to eat some meat. Even the people that were poor and couldn't afford meat got to eat meat. It was sort of an income redistribution system. But there was always meat left over. So what do you do with these fine cuts of choice meat? You put them in the temple market, where people would come to buy the food for their dinner. The best cuts of meat were sold at temples. So what Daniel was saying is he did not want to eat meat that was offered in honor of a foreign god. Now was that meat going to hurt him? Some people would say no. Some people would say yes. And so in Paul's time there were still people that had a difficulty with eating meat because they thought that it was giving honor to a different god. Christians disagree about a lot of things you might have noticed that we don't worship in the same buildings because we can't agree on how we should worship we don't agree about how we should dress I went to a church where the pastor said that everybody who worked there had to wear a black t-shirt pair of jeans and some sandals I would have felt so uncomfortable that's not my world Different people have different rules and different music and everything else. Verse 1 said, Accept one another without quarreling over disputable matters. We have a lot of disputable matters. In fact, Christians have an ability to argue almost everything and anything. John Wesley, who started the Methodist movement, said, In essentials we have to have unity. In non-essentials, we have to have liberty. But in everything, we have to have charity. Some things are essential. Some, Some things simply are not. When I was coming up in life, the church taught me a lot of things. They guided me in trying to understand right from wrong, good from bad, what were the kind of things that would guide my life please God and help other people to think that I was doing good. They taught me the Ten Commandments. Some Christians think they're the Ten Suggestions. They taught me the Sermon on the Mount. How Jesus reinterpreted those commandments to be even more difficult to keep. They taught me most of all about the forgiveness of God. Now, How about we don't have to be perfect but then again once we have been forgiven, we're expected to repent or turn around or change and sin no more. They taught me the scripture. In Timothy, it says to us that all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The church taught me a lot. The Christian religion has given me great value. And religion, the rules of our faith, our morals, they're not essential, but they can help us to keep the faith. Religion is kind of like a fence around the faith, keeping us from doing what's wrong, keeping us in a safe place, sometimes more than what we need. How many fish arrive in western New York on a weekend? It must come in by the train loads. Have you ever thought about that? I've tried to get a fish fry like buffalo serves somewhere else in the country. They don't even know what I'm talking about. But we have fish fries everywhere. Some of you may have no idea why. Western New York has a high concentration of people who belong to the Roman Catholic faith. And for the longest time, they believed that you cannot, should not eat meat on... So they came up with fish. Fish isn't meat, it just swims in the sea. I have never figured out why fish is not meat, but that you'll have to work out. (laughs) Gotta have some compromise, I guess. Now, was it really essential that you don't eat meat on Fridays? Of course not. And even the Vatican has said, no, this isn't really an essential part of our faith. But what it does is it helps us every week as we're going out to celebrate with our friends to remember Jesus. You see? So that we don't forget our faith, even at a time when we would normally not even think about God. So the religion helps point us to faith, because we need these little reminders sometimes. Verse 5 says to us, one person considers one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. Last day of summer, beautiful sunny day. I knew there'd be people missing today. Not to mention tithing a 10% out to the stadium in Orchard Park. I knew we'd be a little light. Thank you for showing up. You have no idea how encouraging it is to see all of you here. I don't know if you know, but usually in the summer we take 50 seats out. This year we didn't. Some people were saying, you notice how there weren't as many people in church? No, there were just a lot more chairs than you're used to. We should have kept them out, taken them out, left them out. There's something about the Sabbath, about one day a week remembering God. Because the truth of the matter is, for some people, we actually would forget God. We have other things to do. It's a beautiful day. Let's go to the lake. Let's go to the football game. Let's go hang out in the parking lot for 14 hours, and I'm not going to go there. (laughs) There's so much to do. It would be easy to forget God so the sabbath as jesus said was made for people not people for the sabbath it's not like today is really any more special than yesterday actually yesterday is the sabbath the sabbath is a saturday we have sabbath worshipers you're sunday worshipers you worship on the lord's day it's a good day too but you could be worshiping every week on a tuesday or thursday or wednesday that would be okay but do we remember See, the religion helps us helps us to remember whose we are and who we are. But it's not that keeping the rules is the point, because none of us can keep the rules. Have any of you ever messed up? I mean, really done something wrong? Anybody here, or is it just me? Because, like, I do it all the time. I mess up all the time. And here's something: maybe you don't know about Christians they mess up too. And I don't just mean individually. We mess up when we get together sometimes and try to decide what's right and wrong. For about 200 years the Christian faith was one of the moral supports for slavery. Until finally they realized, hey, this isn't right. You know? And so we became a moral force against slavery and Really, it's because of the church. There are no slaves in this country. But it wasn't because we were against it in the first place. Heck, do you know there was a time we used to persecute people if they said that the earth revolved around the sun because everybody knows the sun revolves around the earth. Just look up at the sky! We messed up a lot of things over the years. Judging others is something we do, but we do it really to kind of deflect from our own struggles. You see, if we can point to somebody else's fault, if we can point to someone else's error, if we can look at somebody else's problems, somehow it makes us feel not so bad about who we are. A lot of people like the verse in Matthew that says, judge not, whoops, that's not the one I was thinking. Matthew 7. I skipped one, sorry guys. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And the measure you use will be measured to you. You see, the truth is is all we hear is judge not lest you be judged. And what people think is that we don't have to have any moral boundaries. We don't have to have any rules. We don't have to have any understanding. We don't have to have any right or wrong. Everything is is just loose and, and whatever. That's not what the scripture is telling us. That's not what our faith tells us. That's not certainly what our church tells us. What it says is that we want to be forgiven when we do wrong. Amen? And if we want to be forgiven when we do wrong, then we need to be willing to forgive others when they do wrong against us. Because it's not just true with people. That when you judge other people regularly, you will be judged more strictly by others. But it's true with God, too. You've heard that prayer, I imagine, somewhere. Forgive us our sins in the same way, right? As we forgive those who sin against us. The key is, is we're not the judge. In verse three it says to us, the one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. And if God accepts your brother and sister, then we need you too, because we're not the judge. In God's eyes, we're all sinners. In God's eyes, we've all fallen short of the glory. You then, who judge your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? Because we're all going to stand before God's judgment seat and God will declare all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us, none of us can stand by who we are. Who are you to judge someone else's servant to their own master, servant stand or fall? No one's able to stand on their own morality only on what God is able to do with us. So when we look at other people, we need to remember how the world is looking back at us. What you throw around (laughs) because you can be certain it'll come back your way the church doesn't exist to criticize other people but to praise god and to help each other to understand the truth one of the things i absolutely love about this congregation is you people don't agree with each other about almost everything except jesus You probably wouldn't listen to the same TV channels, vote for the same people, but you still love each other. And it's in the conversation with people who don't think like us that we learn the real truth. Our purpose is to bring people closer to God, to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love each other. That doesn't mean we don't have a a right to determine sin. We do. In verse 5 it says, each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. God will make clear to us what we do wrong. I know the journey I've taken from when I was young to a little older to a little older to just a little while ago. So even this day of what God revealed to me as being wrong in my life and let me tell you the stuff God is talking to me about now he didn't care about before and the stuff he talked about before sometimes I'm not going to tell you what it was God takes care of pointing out what we need to know Daniel wasn't saying it was wrong for other people to eat meat he was saying it was wrong for him And he had to be true to what God had revealed to himself. When my wife and I go out to eat, she's allergic to to wheat. And I shouldn't eat sugar. And so we look at each other. I'm eating bread. She's dying because she wants the bread. She wants dessert and she's not sure if she should eat it because I'm going to be tempted. Go ahead, honey, have it. Just because I can't eat, it doesn't mean you shouldn't. Just because you can't eat, it doesn't mean I can't. We need to be true to ourselves and let God reveal to each one of us what's right and wrong. You see, we have to believe that God has that ability. One of the problems we have is we don't trust that God knows how to do his job. We think somehow it's our responsibility to point out the imperfections in other people because God can't take care of that. I promise you, if you've ever prayed to God, he'll let you know what you need to work on and what your neighbor does as well. That's why we go before God every week because each of us needs to deal with our own sin. Shall we pray? Dear God in heaven, I have sinned. sinned. I've done things wrong. You know what they are. And I do too. Forgive me, Lord. Guide me to do what's right. Help me to repent. And sin no more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you know, God loved us not because we were perfect, not because we got everything right, not because we were excellent, He loved us because He's God, even when we were sinners. And that proves how much God loves you and me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. So what are the essentials? The essentials are very simple: God will forgive anything you take to Him. And your job is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love the people made in His image the way you'd want to be loved. Platinum rule from John 13, remember it? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. God loves you in spite of your failings. In verse 7 it says, none of us lives for ourselves alone, none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live for the Lord and if we die, we die for the Lord. So that we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And we need to live out that love toward God and towards each other. Because sometimes we think we know what's going on. But it's not always true. Awesome job! You know what I'm thinking? Snack time! (laughs) Let's
3: go. Okay. Let's see what we have here. Which one do you
1: want? That wasn't nice of Rachel. Where'd she pick up those greedy tendencies? Taking both apples and biting into them. That's so unlike her.
3: Dad? 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 What is it, honey? I have this one. This apple's more juicier and sweeter. <laughs>
1: Colossians tells us therefore as God's chosen people holy and dearly loved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if one any one of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you Ah uh... our neighbor with the peace of the Holy Spirit.
0: God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. This is what we celebrate when we come to the table the grace that comes down from god that covers us that washes us clean by the blood of jesus because of his death and resurrection everyone is welcome to come and celebrate at the table not because i invite you but because jesus has invited you god loves us so much that he says come and partake of all that i have for you he will bless us through this He will be present in us because of it. So come to the table this morning. Come and be blessed in a way you've never been blessed before. Everyone is welcome if you love him. If you repent of your sin and seek to live in peace as a child of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome at the table this morning. Come as God calls you. Come expecting to receive from him. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you, poured out for many, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward.
1: If you're able, I'm going to invite you to stand as we're going to sing together, How Can We Name a life? 16 or 17 years old we were the generation that was messing up the whole world and I wasn't going to have some uptight people tell me I couldn't wear jeans to church so I wore jeans to church one Sunday I got to tell you the truth nobody said a word nobody said a word to my parents nobody gave me a bad glance nobody gave me a look or anything else and I think until last night that's the last time I wore jeans to church (laughs) because those people gave me Christ They gave me Jesus, they taught me how to love, they taught me how to forgive, they taught me what the scripture was. So I do what they do, and I'll probably do it till the end of my life. Not because you have to dress like me for church, not because you have to eat vegetables, but because we love each other, and we accept each other as we are. And we let God work on each other and work on us. May God bless you and go with you and work on you today and always, going in peace, amen.